Welcome to Wine with HR. I'm Jules. Hey there, I'm Trish. Lawyers turned HR professionals. Through our company, Monarch Endeavors, we guide employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most common (laughs) and commonly frustrating HR problems while enjoying our favorite adult beverage, wine. So sit back, grab a glass if you choose, and join us as we think about and drink about all things HR. We have a really important topic for you today, implicit bias. We mentioned it in our last couple of episodes, uh, team dynamics and identifying future leaders, but we didn't go into much detail because it is a hefty topic. Uh, And it's so hefty that we are going to break it into two episodes so that we give it the weight it is due. Uh, We also think it's really important that we give you this information as a foundation before we get into some of our future topics, which include our next episode, which is uh, Employees Behaving Badly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm Uh, so excited for that one. (laughs) uh, And Performance Management or Mismanagement, however you see it. (laughs) But it's- uh, I'm sure others aren't excited for that one. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. We're going to make it fun, though. Uh, But it's a really important topic. So we want to, again, we're going to break it up into two episodes. And Trisha is going to talk a little bit about what we're going to do in each one of those. Okay. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss exactly what implicit biases are and which ones are most likely to creep up on you in the workplace. Um, And then in our next episode, we're going to, that'd be episode five already, (laughs) we're going to give you examples of how implicit bias shows up in the workplace and discuss how you as a manager or as an HR professional can minimize the negative impact of implicit bias either within your teams or within the organization as a whole. Really important stuff. So it is a ton of information, uh, which again is why we thought it was best to break it up into two episodes rather than having one really long one. Uh, Plus two episodes means more wine. (laughs) You know, the W-I-N-E kind. (laughs) Yay! So (laughs) speaking of wine, Trish, what are you drinking? Today I have chosen one of my favorites. It is Chateau Saint-Michel. Um, it's I, I love this brand wine because it doesn't matter if I'm drinking their Chardonnay or their Cabernet. Like it's just it's so consistent. The flavors are always good. But the price is always right. And I just know that if I'm grabbing this and taking it with me, it's going to be a hit wherever I go. Uh, so today I chose their Chardonnay. I absolutely love this one, uh, especially for summer because it's super it has citrus in it. And um, if you're not a big oak fan, you would probably probably like this one a lot because I think it just kind of finishes with this little itty bit of oak at the end, but delicious, really fun, refreshing, highly recommend. (laughs) Yours sounds like a great drink for spring and spring patios. Yes, I love patios. (laughs) So sadly, I am not drinking wine tonight because I'm on a 10-day detox to figure out what's bothering my digestive system. But I did do some research before I started the 10-day detox so that I could still contribute to the conversation. Research. (laughs) So, yes, yes. So I drank a really nice wine from the Sangiovese region of Italy 
This is a really nice grape. It's one of my favorites. You know, uh, Trish, you've always heard me talk about the Montepucianos and the Belpicellos and all of those. (laughs) And this is all this grape, the Sangiovese grape. So it has hints of cherry, roasted tomato, a little bit of spice, even some oregano, they say, although I could not taste that. Yeah, uh, some sweet balsamic and espresso. So lots of flavors going on, but they all melded together really nicely. Uh, And I thought it was just a nice, subtle wine. So it wasn't overbearing. I'm not sure it would be the best to go with like a, a big, rich steak, but I thought for meals where you just need something to complement but not take away or you know outshine the main dish it's very nice i love the sound of that one you always pick some great wines i have to add that to my list to try too and thank you for the tip about not doing it with steak because i probably would have (laughs) (laughs) well i still think it would taste fine but you know (laughs) yeah All right. Well, so let's get to the W-H-I-N-E of the episode. Uh, So, Trisha, why don't you kick us off? All right. So, again, we said at the intro, our wine W-H-I-N-E of the week is uncovering implicit bias. Um, Some of you may call this unconscious bias. So if you've heard that term, Julie and I just don't prefer to use the term unconscious because once you're made aware of it, you're no longer unconscious of it. But it is still implicit because it will still happen unless you take the steps that we're going to give you in this episode and our next one um, to make sure that you're being mindful of, of what's happening. So again, implicit just means something that is implied or hinted at, which is an interesting thing because these are biases that we have that pop up or get hinted at, but you don't really know what's going on. So what happens is our brains are processing 11 billion bits of information every second, which is mind-blowing just to hear that, right? So it creates these mental shortcuts or learned associations that are based on different stereotypes or the different norms that you see in your everyday life. So everyone has them. Don't feel bad or don't say, I don't have anyone. Any one of those. Well, we all do. (laughs) They're automatic, (laughs) they're unintentional, but they do impact how we relate to others. So they can be positive or negative. I think I've said that, but I want to make sure that you understand that they go both ways and they're created through our life experiences, right? Where did you grow up? What books did you read? What shows did you watch? And what did your parents like or dislike? All of that will develop into these biases. So Julie, can you help us out and tell us why it's so important to know about these biases? What kind of impact do they have? Absolutely. So one of the main reasons, especially as a manager or an HR professional, that implicit bias is such an important topic is because decisions that are made based on implicit biases can put the organization at risk for claims of harassment, discrimination, or retaliation. Uh, Any type of claim where someone perceives that they have been treated unfairly. So we're going to talk a lot about perception throughout this episode and next episode as well, because perception is reality for most people. Uh, And if your employees believe that you are treating people differently, then that is their reality. 
Uh, and so part of that is implicit bias as well. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more. We'll give you some examples of exactly what this might look like. But the so the first reason it's so important is because it can cause you to make decisions in favor of one group that are detrimental to another group. Again, without that being intentional. So you, you don't mean to do it. You're not being malicious. It just sort of happens. The second reason is because if you are unaware of your biases, it's really hard to figure out if you're acting on them, right? <laughs> so <Good point. laughs> uh, we don't want to, right, right, right. So we don't want to be acting unintentionally. We want to make sure that our decisions, especially when they deal with somebody's employment, are grounded in fact and reason and objective data. So those are just some of the reasons that this is such an important topic. Now, I want to give you a little example of what your implicit biases might look like. So I'm going to tell a little story. Uh, so for this story, all you have to do is listen. So you're already doing that. So you're halfway there. Uh, but <laughs> And maybe drink some wine. Right. Maybe drink some wine. You can close your eyes if you want, but just listen to the story and then we'll talk about it uh, when we're done. So here goes. A parent and their child were driving home from the dentist when they saw a homeless individual on the side of the road with a sign asking for money. The parent did not have any cash to give, but the child dug in their pocket and found 30 cents. The child asked if they could give their money to the homeless individual. The parent hesitated, feeling like 30 cents was not enough and was not going to help this individual. But then the parent realized that if the child wanted to give all the child had, that was the bigger lesson. So the parent rolled down the window and gave the 30 cents to the homeless individual, explaining that it was all the cash they had on them, but the child wanted the individual to have it. The individual broke out into the biggest smile and thanked the child profusely. The parent looked back at the child and seeing the equally big smile on the child's face, acknowledged that it is not the size of the gift that matters, but the giving spirit behind it. So as you were listening to that story, how did you picture the people in it? How did you picture the father, uh, the parent? Sorry. <laughs> how did, so see my implicit bias, I assumed it was a father. Um, so how did you picture the parent? Was it a mother? Was it a father? What race were they? What age were they? Uh, what did they look like? What kind of car were they driving? How did you picture the kid? Again, was it a boy? Was it a girl? Uh, what was their age? What did they look like? What clothes were they wearing? How did you picture the homeless individual? Again, what age, race, gender? Um, did you picture a particular area where this would have happened? Because you probably have an area near you where you always see homeless people with signs, right? So maybe you pictured that area. All of the things, the, the picture that you painted while you were listening to this story, those are your implicit biases. That's your learned experiences. You put characterizations on the people, even though I took out all of the identifying pronouns, all of the identifying adjectives, all the descriptions, but you probably pictured it a particular way, just like I did, just like Trisha did. I Trisha, did. I don't know if you want to share. How did you picture it? I actually was picturing a mom. Um, the child was eight years old. I don't know why eight, but that seemed to be like that age where they start to really recognize the value of money and giving. Um, I know it happens younger, but, um, and uh, I don't know if I was picturing a boy or a girl. 
I'm not really sure. The person receiving the money, I was picturing it as a man. I'll, I'll just stop there. That's about as far as I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. When you hear a story, you do sort of automatically paint a picture. And we do the same thing in our everyday lives. Uh, and we'll give more examples as we go through this episode. But I wanted to give that as a little bit of flavor for how it comes up and how easy it is to make assumptions about a situation based on nothing more than our lived experiences. Wow, I love that. So getting back to the types of implicit biases, Trish, you mentioned that there are 150 identified implicit biases. Can you talk about a few of the ones that tend to show up in the workplace um, most often? Absolutely. And I promise y'all, we are not going to get to 150. Just those (laughs) most important ones that we see in the workplace, as Julie mentioned. The first one that we see most often in the workplace or that I have seen is affinity bias. Affinity bias or similarity bias is that tendency to like people who are like us. They look like us. They act like us. It allows us to feel more comfortable. So, oh, okay, that person must be a great fit. And then that could lead to exclusion. Uh, The second one would be the halo effect. Um, This is that tendency to think that Everything about a person is good just because you like that person. Your perception of this one characteristic leads to an appreciation of the whole. A lot of times we will see this called the attractive stereotype as well. Um, Oh, well, they're so cute. They can get away with murder, (laughs) right? That's where we see this one. Or the opposite opposite effect of that is the horns effect. So this is where because you don't like a person, you think everything about them is bad. Or maybe you don't dislike just the person. Maybe it's one characteristic. So you see someone that, oh, well, they're overweight, so they've got to be lazy. There's no way they're a hard worker if they're overweight. Um, So obviously not a good uh, bias at all. And then I would say our next one that I would want to mention would be perception bias. That's that tendency to form stereotypes or assumptions about certain groups that make it, well, really impossible to make an objective judgment about members of those particular groups. Uh, So, you know, right now our country is so divided. Let's look at Democrats versus Republicans, right? Red versus blue, U of M versus Ohio State. Go blue. (laughs) Sorry, I had to say it. (laughs) The crazy thing about perception bias is that it makes it impossible for you to ever believe that there could be something good about somebody in that group because you've identified that entire group as unworthy or bad or whatever whatever the case may be. Um, So that one can be a really sneaky one. There are three more that I want to cover. The first one I want to cover is confirmation bias, which I always call the double whammy of biases because (laughs) it sort of (laughs) comes on top of and layers on top of whatever bias is already at work. So, for example, if you believe something, let's go back to the halo effect. If you believe, if I believe that Trisha is just everything about her is good because I like her then I will look for things that confirm what I believe. 
So I will look for the things that she does that confirm that she is a good person and that I should like her. What I won't do, however, is I'll probably tend to excuse or um, toss aside the things that contradict my belief. So if she does something that is mean, which I can never picture Trisha doing, but no. if she were to do something, no. if she were to do something that were mean or that was out of character, I would just brush that off as like she's having a bad day or something. So confirmation bias means we look for things that um, confirm what we already believe. Groupthink is one that occurs in workplaces often. Uh, so groupthink occurs when people try too hard to fit into a particular group by either mimicking uh, the actions of others or by holding back their thoughts and opinions. So you can see how this might come up in the workplace if you have a very strong personality in leadership and that person does not like to hear different opinions or they always want to be right and so they maybe shut down any contrary opinions or perspectives, uh, then you may get people who just go along to get along and that is part of what groupthink is. Uh, the last one is sort of a catch-all, but it can be like protected characteristic bias or some of these other um, physical characteristics that we have. So Trisha mentioned the attractive bias. Sometimes that's also called the beauty bias. Uh, and it is a fact in our society that the more attractive you are, the more that people like you and the more successful you're probably going to tend to be because we are biased in that way. Uh, same with height and weight. The taller you are, the more money you're likely to make. There was actually a study that found that a person who is six feet tall earns roughly $5,500 more per year than someone who is five foot five regardless of gender, age, or weight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just for being <laughs> tall. Something you're born with, you know? Um, the other, another one is name bias. So name bias, there are studies that show that just from reviewing a resume, individuals with foreign sounding names or women are at a distinct disadvantage because for whatever reason, again, this isn't malicious. It's not like somebody's staring at a pile of resumes going through them and being like, ugh, woman, meh, in the no pile, you know, or <laughs> ugh, foreign sounding name, meh, in the no pile. That it's That's not what's happening. But when they're looking at the resumes, there's something going on in the background that in their head, they come to the conclusion that this person isn't as qualified as the other candidates who probably have typically white male sounding names. Uh, so again, not intentional, not malicious, but you can see how this could eventually turn into a discrimination claim. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so then the very last one is just protected characteristic bias. So that's our biases that are based in characteristics that are protected under the law. So race, color, religion, gender, sex, national origin, veterans, all of those types of things. Uh, so there are, without question, implicit biases that happen with those types of characteristics as well as the other stuff we're talking about. But part of why we like to focus on all of these types of biases is because a lot of them are pretty sneaky, like the affinity bias, the halo effect, the confirmation bias, the perception bias, the group think. Those are all pretty sneaky and they can come up a lot of different ways in the workplace. So we want to make sure we give you a thorough understanding of um, what exactly those 
look like. Trish, you have anything you want to add? Uh, just a couple of things. I, I just want to say that one of the ones that I've heard a lot about recently is weight, since we both brought oh, that one up mm-hmm. a couple of times. Um, and I recently found out that actually weight is protected in the state of Michigan. We are the only mm. state that won't let you discriminate against someone based on their weight. I find that really super interesting. And so I wanted to share that to remind people Don't forget to check in with yourselves. Like most people will think of of the uh, protected characteristics right off the bat and say, oh, I never do that. But don't forget about, like you said, the height. That one blows me away. Um, Mm -hmm. And then weight and some of these other things that maybe you wouldn't normally think of. Um, Try to be aware and be mindful of the decisions and why you are making them. I think that's really important. In our next episode, we're going to get to, again, sort of the areas in which these crop up most often in the workplace. And then we're going to give you some tips for how to deal with it. But we thought that this was a lot to take in. So we are going to stop with the content uh, with the W-H-I-N-E for this particular episode (laughs) and go back to the W-I-N-E. And then we'll pick this up in episode five. So, Trisha, coming back to the wine, how is it tasting now that you've had a little little time to sip on it? Delicious as always. <laughs> Never, ever going to say anything different. I, I do. I love the Chateau, Chateau Saint-Michel. They do just a really great job. So, yeah, very happy. It was perfect for this one. Kept me perky. Good, good. Uh, yes, and since I'm not drinking wine, my soda water with cucumber and mint is delightful. <laughs> However... Although sad. So I feel a little bit like whining about my lack of wine. Oh, so good. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) well, Julie's over there whining. I just want to (laughs) say to all of you, remember, again, we all have these implicit biases. It doesn't make you good. It doesn't make you bad. It's just important to make sure that we're not acting in these negative ways because of them. We don't want this to lead to a lack of diversity or inclusion or belonging, right? And so um, stick with us for our next episode to find out all of the solutions that we are going to offer you. Thank you for joining us on uh, episode four. And uh, we hope to catch you on the next one uh, when we finish up this topic and all of our future episodes as well. So. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh, we will see you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.